There is no music, there's no Mushu, um, and there is no Li Shang. But what we do have is a badass female character who uh, just, you know, kicks ass and takes names. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Med staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. So today we are reviewing a brand new film that was just released um, with premiere access on Disney+. Plus. I'm sure you know what we're talking about. We're talking about the live action version of Mulan. Um, So this film has been in the works for a couple of years. People have been, I would say, you know, kind of half and half as far as, you know, excited and also skeptical because the animated film, the 1998 Disney film as we know, is, is pretty beloved especially in our community, 90s kids, you know, who grew up in the, uh, the Renaissance era of, of Disney animated films. Um, I was excited about this one coming out. Um, what about you, Nina? What were your thoughts when you first heard of this live action remake? Well, when I first heard of it, I was super excited. Um, Ulan's definitely one of my favorite animated Disney films. Um, but then it came out later on that it was going to be um, not a musical. And so then I was like, no, because the music, I think, in Mulan is really, really good. Actually, in some of my um, research for this show, it was a lot of people were critiquing the music from the 1998 film. And I was like, what? I didn't think anybody disliked it. It was so good, in my opinion, I guess. But um, I was disappointed to hear that they weren't going to have it as a musical. Um, but I guess in in my research, I also found out, like, why their director chose not to do that and it makes a lot more sense having seen it now and then done that research so i'm not totally upset by it i'm really excited to hear about all of that about about all the the research that you did especially on the making of um yeah i kind of felt the same way when i found out i was like wait what hold on first of all there's no mushu um for those who haven't seen it yet there's no any murphy dragon which i don't think he would have reprised his role anyway but there is no I guess there's like kind of uh, like similar character in the live action, but not really. Um, and like Nina said, no songs. Um, although there is a lot of little Easter eggs to the animated uh, music within the film. So that's kind of cool. But, um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot to talk about with this live action, namely that it was supposed to be released in March of this year. But of course, because of the pandemic, it was pushed back. Now, a film like this, watching it just in my bedroom, because that's that's where I watched it, um, it, it definitely felt like, okay, I, this was meant to be seen in theaters. Just with how visually stunning the film is, I feel like it kind of, you know, just uh, puts you at a disadvantage to not be able to see that on the big screen. Um, there are a lot of films that did that, uh, like with A Quiet Place Part 2. There is still no uh, date in sight as far as when that film is supposed to be released. Definitely a film like A Quiet Place or I guess A Quiet Place Part 2 is needed to be seen in theaters just for that experience. Um, I would say the same with this movie, but it can still be enjoyed from home for sure. Like I said, it is on Disney+, Plus, but it's the membership alone will not get you this movie. So you do have to pay a premiere access fee of $29.99, which is kind of steep considering the fact that you're already paying, you know, the whatever it is, five, six dollars, seven dollars a month for Disney Plus on top of this $30. And the only good thing I would say though is you do you get the movie. It's you're essentially like buying it. It's not a rental fee and it goes away after a few days. Like you have access to this film until I guess it's released to everybody. Um, So that's kind of nice that you do have that, you know, one time fee, but you can watch this movie as many times as you want. So, I mean, I don't know. There's that. Um, But it was just released on September 4th. So just a couple of weeks out. Um, And uh, Nina will be talking about this in the second half of our podcast, but 
Uh, there has been a lot of controversy surrounding um, the release of this film, um, controversy that I was not aware of leading up to this podcast, but again, we will talk about it. So first things first, let's get into the cast. Because it is live action, we do have you know, physical actors as opposed to just voice actors, which is cool. Um, I would say as far as this cast goes for uh, the live action, um, primarily Chinese actors, Asian actors, um, not many like Chinese American. As I was looking into these actors, um, very few I recognized. Um, we have, and I apologize in advance, I may butcher some of these names. Um, Yifei Liu as Mulan. I really hope I pronounced that somewhat correctly. Um, and as we know, the character of Mulan, um, she is the uh, soldier who she's impersonating a soldier and a man um, in place of her ailing father. Um, so he does not have to die in the war. I would say right off the bat, the biggest difference so far um, in the plot is um, it's not the Huns we're fighting. It's not let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. It's let's get down to business to defeat the Rorans. So <laughs> a little bit different right off the bat. And the names are different too. It's in the animated, it's Fa Mulan. In uh, this film, it is Hua Mulan. So just slightly different. I could not recognize um, the actress who plays Mulan from anything else personally, um, but I'd say she is a like a rising star in um, in like Chinese cinema for sure. Um, Donnie Yen as Commander Tung, he is the high-ranking leader of the Imperial Army and mentor to Mulan. Um, as far as what else he is in, he is one of Hong Kong's top action stars. So um, if you're again familiar with the animated film. Um, this character did not exist in the animated film. He is actually, um, there are two different characters that are kind of a mix of uh, Li Shang from the animated film, which is the um, commander as well as the love interest of Mulan. There is no Li Shang in this film, but there is still kind of a love, a love interest and obviously a commander as well. And he is, he is the commander. Jason Scott Lee as Bori Khan, who is a Roran, Roran, warrior leader intent on avenging his father's death so as we remember from the animated film we had the leader of you know the huns um not um like attila the hun but i forget what his name is do you remember what the what the uh, the villain in the animated what his name was that was like sean sean lu or sean something i actually just looked this up um yeah, Sean Yu. Sean Yu. Okay. So different character, but pretty much same same agenda here. Although they, they never really said what his agenda was in the animated just to, you know, bring down the empire and the emperor of China. Um, this guy actually had more of a motive, which was um, the emperor killed his father. Jason Scott Lee... Um, I was not as familiar with um, his work either. Um, Yosan An as um, Chen Hongwei, a confident and ambitious recruit who, who joins Commander Tung's unit and becomes Mulan's ally and love interest. So like I said, um, he is one of the other characters that is kind of based off of um, the original uh, Li Shang. Um, Gong Li as um, Xian Lang. She's a powerful witch with shape-shifting abilities and an ally of Bori Khan. Now, again, this character does not exist in the animated film. She is a new character. Like, um, like I said, um, a shape-shifter. They call her a witch. This was a very interesting addition to this story. And Nina, I would love to hear if this is anything to do with like the folklore of the story of Mulan, because this obviously was not in the animated film. A completely separate plot to the enemy, I guess. It was it was very interesting. Um, but this actress is actually like one of the biggest stars um in, in China, I believe. Um she is in tons and tons of um of their films over there. Um, but not many. I would say this is probably one of her first, I could, I could be wrong, um, American films. Um, Jet Li, as the emperor of China, a wise, benevolent ruler of China, who orders the mobilization of the troops. And of course, Jet Li is um, 
pretty well-known um, American actor. He was, um, his first actual American film was on Lethal, Lethal Weapon 4. Um, and he is in um, tons of other movies. He was in all three Expendables with um, Sylvester Stallone, The Forbidden Kingdom, Kiss of the Dragon, Unleashed. Um, he has quite a, quite a list of films as well. Um, Zima as Hua Zhu, um, Mulan's father, um, who is the, uh, the war veteran. Um, he had already served in the army, um, but is now old and uh, not up to his um, physical performance as he was in the previous war he was in. Um, let's see. He is a Hong Kong American actor. He was in Man in the High Castle, 24, Rush Hour. So he's had some American films as well. Rosalind Chow as Wali Mulan's mother. Um, she's actually in a ton of American films. I recognized her right away. Um, she um, was in Freaky Friday with um, Lizzie Lohan and um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, I guess she was also in um, The O.C. She's been in tons of American shows and she's more television, I'd say, than film. Um, but she's great. Um, and then we have a couple of other small characters um, that we recognize from the animated film. Um, Chan Po, Ling, the matchmaker. Um, but uh, for me, I didn't really know many of these these actors. Um, they A lot of them do have some American um, titles under their belt, like um, Jimmy Wong, who was, uh, played Ling. He is actually um, a musician. He had some viral web videos. Um, but again, like something that I appreciate about the casting of this film is they have a lot of, you know, Chinese American actors or just Chinese actors that are, that are known um, in their, in their uh, native country better than they are here. Um, but that does give it more of a sense of um, authenticity, I would say. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. I I hadn't heard of a lot of these actors or actresses either, um, but I thought that they all did a really, really great job. Um also, I want to touch back again on, on Jet Li, that he is, like, unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought that was – I was like, I know he's supposed to be in this film. I don't see him anywhere. But um, I just thought that was super cool. Um, and then who was it that you were saying that was, like, really big in China? Um, the, the witch character who was um, – um, Gong Li? Like, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so um, the the girl who plays, I think her name is Xiang Niang, is like the character's name, the witch. Yeah. Um, they just call her the witch mostly. Yeah. But um, yeah, she's beautiful. I can't think of anything that I've seen her in either, but I know that she is pretty popular in China as well. So I just thought it was really cool. Um, the casting that they did, and I'll talk about this a little bit later, but they did interview, not interview, but they had a casting call for over a thousand actresses for Mulan's character. Ooh, really? Yes. It's a lot of people to have casting calls for. So it was, and it spanned over five continents that they were looking for the right girl. So I don't know what she did to win their hearts over, but she's an excellent actress as well. Was there anybody else in the cast that you recognize? Because I feel like I just very vaguely went through everybody. No, no. Which makes me feel like very uncultured, but I didn't really recognize anybody else. But again, like I said before that, um, you know, it kind of opens that door to us to seeing, you know, faces we're not familiar with. Um, and it's, it's kind of uh, something that Disney was known for but not necessarily in a good way um, for a lot of films back in the day a lot of characters that are intended to be people of color or um, just you know non-american characters were played by white people so again really appreciated seeing all of that representation in this film yeah I totally agree there was actually a petition when um they first started talking about how Mulan was in the works for a live action film. There was a petition that went around that had over a hundred thousand signatures that said, don't whitewash Mulan characters in this film. And I mean, I'm sure that they weren't planning on it, especially in this day and age. Like I know that there would be huge backlash if they did try to whitewash it. Um, but I thought it was really cool that over a hundred thousand people signed that petition. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, again, brought us some names that we wouldn't maybe wouldn't have known before. So to get into the plot, the plot is for the most part, almost the exact same in this film as the original. And um, if you're unfamiliar with the original, let me just very quickly gloss over it, um, which you should be. I mean, if you are listening to this podcast, you, I would hope, have at least seen the animated version if you're interested in the live action. Um, so the the original story is uh, a girl named Mulan um, is, uh, she takes the place of her father in the war against the Huns, um, disguises herself as a man and ends up. Um, causing some trouble, but um, ultimately saving China from the Huns and is, she brings honor to her family and she is widely celebrated. Um, in this film, it's pretty much the same. Um, but like I said, just some some uh, differences as far as who they are fighting, um, some characters that have been added or I guess removed from the original as well. And I'm going to go over that real quick. Um, just some of the main differences. Again, there is no music, there's no Mushu, um, and there is no Li Shang. But what we do have is a badass female character who uh, just, you know, kicks ass and takes names. So <laughs> let's get into it. So uh, the beginning of this film actually goes back farther than the original. It goes to when Mulan is a child. She is adventurous. She is active. And they show her kind of you know, running on the roof in her village, chasing chickens, just, you know, not really being what a typical Chinese girl at that time is expected to be, which is very quiet, obedient, um, and is trying to, you know, get matched up. Although Mulan's not being matched up at the time, um, her mother worries that she's going to have trouble finding a husband because at this time, women, their purpose is to bring honor to the family, marry a good husband, and to do what they say. Um, but Mulan, from a young age, does not want to do this. She is, again, very adventurous. She is playful. She's also very active and agile. I mean, she does these crazy tricks with um, sticks and swords, and she's just she she's just a badass, like I said. Um, but um, they really want to tone down her badassness. Um, just because again, that's not how girls are supposed to be. They talk a lot about chi in this movie and, um, you know, chi is kind of just like your inner, how would you describe it? Just like your inner, like soul being spirit, your strength, your inner strength, I guess, um, would be how I would describe it. And she is a very, very strong chi that comes out when she, when she does these moves, when she does these, you know, acrobatics, if you will. But her father basically tells her that she is for warriors, for men, not for women. Women need to be subservient and, like I said, polite and quiet and out of sight. Um, she gets dressed up to be uh, matched made. <laughs> she goes to the matchmaker when she's older. And like in the animated film, she kind of makes a fool of herself in this one, though, I thought it was kind of funny because um, it's a classic scene in the animated version where there's the cricket and the cricket kind of causes this, you know, with the tea and Mulan has the notes on her arm that causes the ink to get on uh, the matchmaker's face. And it's very funny. Um, in this one, her younger sister, and again, she has a sister. She did not have a sister in the animated film. She has a younger sister um, who is like deathly afraid of spiders. And there's a spider in the room and Mulan's trying to like hide it. And then the spider comes out and it's, it's almost like it reminded me of those, um, uh, oh gosh. Uh, those infomercials, you know, where somebody's trying to do something very, very basic. And then it just like, you know, they just completely make a fool of themselves. It was kind of like that. The spider comes out, like the table flips and like, everyone's like, Oh my God, like falling all over the place. Like because of this little spider, and of course, uh, Mulan does not get match made. And the matchmaker basically says like, you bring dishonor on your family. I thought that was super mean. Yeah. Like it wasn't her fault that there was a spider. She like, it was really funny. Like she like tried to put the teacup or like the little teapot over it so that the spider couldn't get away. And the matchmaker was like, no, put that back. And she's like, no, are you sure? And then, like, she moves it and then, mm -hmm. and then everything happens. But like when, yeah, the matchmaker was like, dishonored to you, dishonored to your family. I was like, damn, like she didn't it's deserve a harsh. It was a little harsh considering she was trying to contain a spider during a very important moment. So I thought that was really right. Mean. Poor Mulan. Yeah. Not a very nice lady. Very, very particular about 
who she matches people with, I guess. I guess. Anyway, so Mulan and her family, they they kind of leave in shame. Um, but as they're leaving, this is when um, the um, Imperial Army, they kind of come to the village and say, hey, look, um, the Roran warriors, they are taking over um, in Northwestern regions and um, they're invading. We need to we need to attack. We need to assemble an army. So one man from every family must serve in the army and protect the emperor, protect protect our country. And of course, they call up um, Mulan's father, who is the only man in their family, but he has already served in the war, as we know, uh, previous war. So he is injured and he is old. Um, he even stumbles as he goes up to get his uh, like official letter. And um, back at home, Mulan tries to, she questions it. She tries to talk to her parents about it. She, she doesn't believe it's right. And her father, like in the animated film, says, you know, know your place, pretty much like stay out of this. And then um, there's a really sweet scene where I think he's like sharpening his, his blade, his sword. And they have this touching moment where um, he says to her, you know, this is your time to be strong, be strong for your mother, for your sister, and for me, because I won't be here. They, they pretty much have accepted the fact that, oh, he's going to go serve and die because he, he just doesn't have the strength to make it through another war. And then, of course, as we know, Mulan's like, I'm not going to have any of this. I am able, I am, you know, I am in great physical shape. I am swift. I'm smart. I'm tough. I'm going to go take my father's place. So she takes his armor, she takes the horse and she, she leaves. And, um, because of, uh, just kind of the, uh, the type of law that, um, Chinese citizens lived under at this time. Um, if a woman served in the military or if she were to be revealed to be a woman, they would kill her. So once her parents find out, that she left and ran away there. I mean, there's nothing they can do. They just have to wait and see what happens. So yeah, this is when we would meet Mushu who is kind of like the mentor, I guess, you know, the ancestral all powerful mentor to Mulan. Well, Mulan doesn't have that in this movie. She doesn't have Mushu. She doesn't have all of them. Um, she has, there's a Phoenix that is kind of cool. The Phoenix pops up a couple of different times. Um, Mulan gets lost with her horse on the way to camp. The phoenix presents itself, directs her to the camp, and that's when she meets um, Commander Tung, um, who had previously served with her father. Um, she successfully hides her gender. There's a couple of funny scenes where, um, you know, she basically doesn't shower all of training because she obviously doesn't want, not want to be exposed. Um, so there's some funny scenes there. Um, she meets Hong Wei. This is when she meets Hong Wei, and they kind of have uh, she feels that, oh, as a man, I need to, you know, be tough. And he kind of, you know, she gets pushed over in some scuffle between some other guys and he tries to help her up and she, you know, pulls out her sword and is like, you know, stay away from me. And so they kind of start off on a bad foot, but, um, Hong Wee tries to, you know, befriend her once she kind of, there's a moment where they're training. And of course, this is when I'll make a man out of you is happening, but it's all understated, just showing these different training scenes of them trying to, you know, build up their physical strength, their mental strength, um, just without, you know, the tune of Donny Osmond <laughs> in the background. Boo, we wanted Donny. <laughs> we did want Donny. <laughs> um, but there was actually a moment um, where I think it's the commander says something to, to Milan as, um, uh, she, she actually changes her name. It's not Ping. It's um, Hua Jun, I believe, um, is, is the name that she uses. There's something that he's saying to her that's along the lines of like, you must be tranquil as a forest, but a fire within, which is, of course, a line from I'll Make a Man Out of You. So I kind of liked that, how there was that little tie-in. Um, and if you remember in the animated movie, there's a scene where they have to retrieve the arrow from the post and it's, you know, very high up and they have these, you know, heavy weights keeping them down. Instead of that, it's like climbing a mountain essentially with two full bucket pails of water. And of course that's very difficult, but she ends up making it to the top and all of that in the background, it has a uh, like reflection, like a instrumental version of it, which is pretty inspiring. She makes it to the top and she shows herself for how strong she is. And everyone's like, oh, you know, we totally underestimated uh, Hua, Hua Jun. And, um, you know, she's like, she was at first afraid to show that part of herself. She thought she would expose herself as a woman. 
she doesn't obviously no one is the wiser she's able to successfully um hide her gender meanwhile uh the uh the Roran warriors are continuing to make way. And um, from the beginning, we meet the, the witch who she's able to shapeshift into like a hawk and um, is able to fight the, you know, the Imperial army and all these village people, you know, much faster and swifter than just the regular Roran soldiers i guess she's a huge asset but um not everyone trusts her you know not only they just call her a witch and you know she's a woman and um there's a lot of there's a lot of themes of that more heavily in this movie than in the animated version of you know women not being able to be trusted their powers you know being questioned so uh, one thing that is significantly different in this film as opposed to the animated film is uh, not only the, the addition of this character, but kind of showing those two faces of good versus evil. They both have this very strong power. Um, and they, there's even a moment where they kind of, you know, connect towards the middle of the film where they, when they speak to each other and the witch is like, I'm just like you, because she eventually exposes herself earlier on in the movie than in the animated version. So there's a huge, you know, the army gets called, they're not done with training yet, but they need to go. And then there's the avalanche scene. We all know that scene that happens, but Mulan reveals herself to be a woman before earlier on than in the animated. So in the animated version, they find out because she has to go to the infirmary, if you will, you know, she gets injured. She doesn't get injured in this one. She just is kind of like, I need to be true to myself. There's a loyal, brave and true. It's like the mantra of, of the army is to be loyal and brave and true. And those three uh, qualities are, are said multiple times throughout the film, but she thinks to herself, well, I'm not being true. I'm not being true to myself or who I really am. I'm hiding who I really am. So she decides, screw it. I'm going to fight in this war as a woman. And she does it. She starts the avalanche, you know, kills a lot of the, the Ruin, Ruin warriors. She saves Hong Wei. And of course, then they find out she's a woman and they exile her. So she is exiled. She eventually finds out after talking to the witch, the, their plans of how they're going to take over, you know, the empire and how they're going to kill the emperor. So Mulan goes back to warn the, um, the Imperial army of what's going on. They at first are like, well, you dishonored your family by doing this. You know, it's very disgraceful what you did, but you've also been very brave and you've been very loyal to your country. So we're going to fight alongside you. And then, of course, there is the final battle scene where they are fighting um, Bori Khan, they're fighting the witch, and then the witch, she, it's, it's kind of weird, they kind of want you to, like, sympathize with her, because Mulan and her, they, they have a, they have a moment again towards the end, they meet again, and um, the witch says to her, like, we'll never be um, the same because they accept you and they don't accept me. And this part kind of confused me. I wasn't really sure what they were trying to get us. I don't really know. It was it just the whole additional character was interesting, but it was also a little confusing. And it left me feeling a little conflicted about how we're supposed to feel about this woman who's, you know, killing innocent people for the sake of, of these warriors. Um, but she ends up dying, I, I think, right? She, she gets mm -hmm. killed. Yep. She gets killed and then Mulan ends up, um, fighting against um, Bori Khan. She kills him. The emperor, you know, thanks her for all she's done. Um, she goes back home, confronts her family, lets them know what she did. And um, they, they accept her. And she even, it's not like her love interest in, um, in Hong Wei, um, it's, it's not as obvious as it is in the animated film. Like they obviously kind of have an attraction for each other. Um, but nothing really comes of it. But he, once, even once he realizes like, oh, he was actually a woman the whole time, isn't bothered by it. Um, and then that's kind of how the film ends. I mean, it ends very similarly to the animated film as far as Mulan being celebrated, the, you know, Chinese empire, you know, surviving the, the raids and the, the, um, invasion from the Roran warriors and, um, a happy ending. 
Um, it's a little bit longer than the animated film. This film is just shy of two hours, but like I said, the main differences are what are what kind of made the animated film what it is. I mean, these are two separate films. It's the same story, but told two very, very different ways. Um, but the baseline is there. You know, the main story that we know and love is there. Just some of the other components are what's different. Yeah, I totally agree that it's basically just two different movies. Um, the story of Mulan has been around since, like, I don't even know, literally forever. Like, um, there was research done, like, on the Ballad of Mulan is what is, like, the first written form of it, which is basically, like, a long poem. Um, and it was written, I think, in, like, 300 A.D., but they even had, like, in Chinese culture, like, even farther back than that, it just wasn't recorded anywhere. Um, so it was basically, like, folklore before it was actually written into the Ballad of Mulan. So um, this story has been told in many different ways. Um, and I was reading an entire article about how the story has been adapted in different cultures and for different times. Um, like, one example of it was that, like... One of those tellings had Mulan like with her feet bound and that she had to like unbind her feet, wear men's shoes. And then she went back to her town when she was done fighting in the war. And then she like rebound her, her feet and then like married somebody. So like basically just talking about, yeah, like talking about her, like the Chinese culture and then how important it was for like women to basically like find their place in society even though she like did this great heroic thing for her family and for her um, country, like she still like fell back into societal norms after it was done. Um, so the film has like, or the the story has kind of like adapted with the, with the times. And I think that a lot of the key elements in this story now, even compared to the 1998 animated film has adapted to um, I thought it was really interesting. I don't really think that like, yes, she had a love interest sort of technically in this film. Um, we'll talk about that more in the second half, but um, I think that they made it a huge point to like not make that an important part of the storyline. And Disney has done a really good job about this in, the, in their last, like, I don't know, the last like five years that um, strong female characters like shouldn't have a man. Like we saw it first, I think with frozen where um you know, Elsa decides that she's like, or what's the other one? It's not Elsa. Anna. Anna. Yep. So like in Frozen, Anna decides that like, she's not going to do nothing for no man, you know, like. Well, hold on, hold on. Or is it Elsa? It is Elsa, but Anna. Anna does get married. She does, but she starts falling for the, I am not as familiar with the Frozen. No, I saw Frozen like literally once and then I have not Same. seen the second one. I've heard the second one is very, very good. I've heard that too. To. I want to watch it. I just, I don't know, like kind of like the, the hype of it made me be like, meh, I don't really want to watch it. Well, you know? I think also, yeah, I was kind of past, I was kind of past that point where I was like, I have to go see the newest Disney yeah. movie when it came out because I was, you know, 21 maybe when the, when the first Frozen came out. I also don't have daughters and I know anyone who has girls at home that Frozen's probably a big part of your life <laughs> so True. you you know all of the characters in the story um but but yeah no it's 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 um Elsa who's kind of like I'm gonna go off do my own thing I don't need a man that yeah very- so that's kind of like a common theme I think in the last like few Disney movies that have been big with female leading characters um like Moana doesn't have like a love interest um this one there's like eh, kind of a little bit of a love interest in Mulan in this version but it's really more about like her being true to herself and and being strong for her family and all of that so I like that they like shifted the focus there a little bit to like modern times I'd also read a little bit about um and we'll talk about this again in the second half too but there was like a little bit of backlash from the LGBTQ um community about the relationship between those two. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So Nina, you did tons of research on just the making of this movie, the differences and kind of the history of Mulan. So take it away. Yeah. Well, here I'm going to butcher some names probably, but I'm trying. 
Um, so got me a little slack, I guess. But um, so in the production, the plans for the for the live action remake, um, like Jamie said, in the first half began in 2010. But then the project stalled in what they call like development limbo or development hell is what I saw it termed online. So wait, hold on. I didn't know this. This has been in the works for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, really? So, yep. So they wanted to make it in 2010 and then basically they couldn't find um, the right people and the right screenwriters for it. So then they dropped it. And then in March 2015, they picked it back up. So kind okay. of crazy that it took that long about. Yeah. 12 years after they made the animated film, they wanted to redo this. And then when do you, do you remember when they started doing these live action um, Disney movies? I think that um, Beauty and the Beast was, well, no, I think technically the Jungle Book was the first one. Okay. That but they, that really wasn't that long ago either. No, it was maybe like seven years ago when they started really getting, you know, the idea of these live action remakes started becoming super popular. Um, so there's, uh, the Jungle Book, which was not, no, it, it had musical elements to it, um, which uh, that is a fantastic live action. And it's not, I wouldn't even call it live action because it's a lot of CGI. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a live Mowgli. Um, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Aladdin. Aladdin, which was, I, I, we've talked about it before. I really enjoyed the mm -hmm. Aladdin remake. Mm -hmm. Um I feel like we're forgetting something. Probably. But it's kind of interesting to think that this probably would have been the first one um, had it not been in like development limbo or whatever happened. Basically, the, right. the ball just kind of got dropped there. Um, but then so it was announced in March 2015 that they were going to have a new attempt at trying to make the movie. And then um, Caro was hired to direct the film in February 2017. So even after they announced um, the second attempt at making the movie, they still didn't hire a director for two more years. So it's kind of wild. Wow. No. How hard could it be? I mean, maybe people were just like, ah, we don't know what to do with this. Like, It sounds like it just was a project that no one was really interested in taking on. For a I while. The animated film was so good. Who knows? <laughs> the animated film is one of the best animated Disney oh. films in the recent years, I would say. Yes. So you have, you know, you have a lot to live up to. You have a lot at stake here. And again, like we said, when people found out that there wasn't going to be any music in this one, people were really upset because they were like, well, no, that is what makes the Mulan we know so great is the songs and Eddie Murphy and obviously this film doesn't have any of that. So I don't know. It just sounds like there was a lot standing in the way of making this movie, but it was eventually made. Yeah. So, um, the girl who plays Mulan, um, in, I mean, forgive me with Chinese culture. Um, so her name is Leo, Liu Yifei. So she was cast in November, 2017. And like I said before, um, that was a casting call of over a thousand actresses over five continents. So then they finally picked her, which was awesome. Um, they started actually filming in August, 2018 through November, 2018, taking place in New Zealand and China. Um, I was actually watching this film with my in-laws and my sister-in-law and her husband, and they had all recently taken a trip to China just last year, um, not to like the main parts of China, but to like little smaller parts of China. Um, and the opening scene where it's kind of like, it's like the um, like the Disney castle like scene um, that they have at the beginning of Disney movies, they kind of edited that to make it look like it was like in China. And they were like, oh my God, that's exactly how it looks. Like that's exactly how you remember it. So I thought that was really cool. Um, that they kind of adapted that stuff. Um, this I thought was kind of crazy. So Mulan ended up being the most expensive film ever made in Disney by a female director with a production budget of 200 million, which, I mean, I saw that literally in like three different places in my research. And like, why, why is that a statistic? Like, <laughs> Like because of spend more money, I guess. That's what I was like. <laughs> everybody had to make it a, like a point that the most expensive from a female director. I'm like, who oh, cares? Do you, uh, like, what is that in comparison to like Christian or uh, Christopher Nolan films that are made? Right. Come right. on. Come I on. thought that was kind of like annoying that they had to make a point <laughs> of that. But you know what? Of it, 
it was very beautiful. Um, and she kind of defending it, defended it too, and said the budget was so huge because huge because of the massive and unprecedented scale of the sets. So when you watch this film, you can definitely tell that like where they were shooting and the costumes and and I'm sure like the CGI of a lot of things like that had to have cost a lot of money. So I can totally oh, see yeah. how that ended up costing two hundred million dollars. Um, but yes, so um, Disney specifically wanted asian casting and asian directors um they initially sought ang lee who was a taiwanese film director but he declined he is known for brokeback mountain um life of pi crouching tiger hidden dragon um the 2003 hulk i think that's the one with edward norton maybe um so he is like a really big name in asian directing but they wanted to still have somebody else instead um talking about the music so there was obviously like introvert like instrumental versions of the original soundtrack so no we didn't have any singing mulan did not sing reflection unfortunately however um a lot of the songs from the original animated film you can hear as instrumental versions um in the background throughout like the whole movie the director said that she tried to honor the music from the animation in a very significant way but didn't and didn't want to disrespect the original film in any way but she couldn't really find a place to squeeze in the original music with her more like realistic vision for the film so that was something that kind of got brought up a few different times in my research that i saw that she really just wanted to make it more realistic like one of her quotes was saying like you don't see you know warriors just breaking out into song and dance as they're going into a battle so which, although true. i would maybe do that true right <laughs> we're panicking um, but so she wanted to just to make it a lot more realistic and more um like respectful to the Chinese culture, I think. So that was kind of what her vision was. She didn't think that having singing in the mu- like in the movie would really make sense with that whole aesthetic. Um, but I fair. was, it is fair. I mean, it was a bummer, but I feel like once you see the movie, you're like, yeah, it would have been kind of weird to just like have people like singing and yeah, it just didn't it. really fit the tone. No, definitely not. Um, this movie definitely has, I mean, not the theme is definitely serious on both levels on the animation and on this film, but this film has a very, like a much more serious tone, a much more like, um, more uh, realistic, I would say realistic and like warrior kind of tone to it. Like Like very action. It reminded me of like a superhero movie as far as just like the, the back end part. Right. She really has to prove herself, um, not only as like that she's, you know, supposedly a man, but just like proving herself as a warrior and like able to kind of like fit in with all of these guys. Um, And I'd seen on Good Morning America a couple of weeks ago that Christina Aguilera had recorded a new version of Reflection for this film, which I thought was kind of cool. And that like they had like a whole music video that went with it um, to like the the like scenes from Mulan for this. So that is kind of cool. If you want to give that a little watch on YouTube, um, she is, is and always will be just an incredible singer. I just love her so much. <laughs> yes. Um, it's actually, it plays at the end of the movie during the credits and mm-hmm. um, she's still got it. Yep. She's still just got amazing. it. <laughs> um, so then when it came to the release, Obviously, with COVID, um, that whole thing was just like kind of a kind of a shit show, honestly. So, um, the Hollywood premiere was held on March 9th, um, twenty twenty. So the theatrical release was delayed multiple times due to COVID. Um, it was eventually canceled in the U.S. Um, the so then Disney Plus premiered the film on September 4th for a premium fee and there will be a theatrical release in countries without Disney Plus where theaters have reopened in the near future. Um, I haven't seen if any other like countries have already released it in theaters by the time this is airing but um, can you imagine just going to see a new movie in theaters what's that like? <laughs> right. This movie, I mean I definitely agree with what you said earlier about like this and like a quiet place and like there's just some movies that would be so much better 
seeing them on a like on a big screen hearing them with like the the like dolby speakers Mm -hmm. um all that stuff so it was a bummer that we didn't get to go see it in theaters but it's cool too that we can rewatch it um having it on disney plus yeah um another kind of interesting thing was that this was the first disney live action remake to have a pg-13 rating i'm not really sure where that's coming from i'm guessing from the violence but honestly this movie wasn't very bloody um yeah it's kind of like alluded to a lot of people dying but you really don't see like any gore or blood really um I imagine that's the only reason why there's PG-13 rating on it. Um, but get this. So in April, it was reported that there's going to be a sequel in development. Hmm. Did you see the Mulan animated sequel? No, I avoided a lot of the Disney straight-to-video sequels because they were terrible. So did too. I, I did not see this one. I have no idea what happens in the Mulan 2 straight to video um (laughs) maybe i should try and watch that or something before the sequel for this comes out but i thought that was really interesting i'm like what could possibly happen in the sequel i don't know well if we remember the ending of the animated where shang lee just like shows up at mulan's house to deliver something i don't remember or maybe he just her like helmet or something you know under the ruse of oh i'm just here dropping off the helmet when really he just wants to see mulan Um, but I'm pretty sure he has a lot to do with the sequel, the animated sequel. So if there is no Lee Shang, then I have no idea what the live action sequel would be maybe with Hong Wee. I don't know, but, um, interesting. Well, and if it took them 10 years to make this one, who knows how long it'll take. It'll take another 20. I know. (laughs) Um, I kind of did a little bit of research, too, on the history of the story of Mulan. Like I said earlier, that it has been around for forever. Um, so I did a little bit of research on that. I thought it was really cool to to hear, to hear read that. So in Chinese-speaking cultures, Mulan um, is a cinnamon, c- cinnamon. Mulan is a synonym for heroine. And in English, it basically means the warrior woman. Um, the earliest written text, like I said earlier, was called the Ballad of Mulan, which is a folk ballad dating back to the northern dynasties in China, 386 to 581 AD. So sometime in there, um, this ballad was written and it's really, literally like her entire story was written in a little over 300 words. So I looked it up. You can find it online. Um, it's basically a poem that is like six paragraphs. So it's kind of wild that this whole entire story, like two hours worth of a movie, is told originally in six paragraphs. Um, and really, it just what it's amazing. Yes, um, and still with that same kind of common elements and themes. So the main character Mulan leaves home. She goes on adventures. She successfully completes something extraordinary. Her transgression of pretending to be a male is justified to save her father and serve her country. It's verified to achieve success in the military and mitigated in the end to return home and resume her life as a woman. Um, So she is extraordinary yet non-threatening to the social structure. So that was kind of a big thing in their culture still, especially in that time that like basically just that a woman would sacrifice everything to save her father and save her family um but ultimately she would still have to go back to a normal woman's life um boo i know (laughs) yeah um which is kind of cool too that like in in this movie you know the emperor invites her to be in the emperor's guard which is like a huge huge honor and she's like no i have to like apologize to my parents and like be with my family um and then i think it kind of leaves it open at the end isn't it in this movie kind of yeah leaves it open because they come back and they're like actually we want to ask you again and the emperor wants you to reconsider after she's like went home and talked to her parents and um explained everything that she's done and they're like oh we love you blah 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 um then everybody comes back and they're like actually we really want you to reconsider but she doesn't say yes or no so maybe that's what the second one's about maybe maybe she does go to join the emperor's guard that'd be a good story right um 
anyway, so that's kind of like the history of, of the Ballad of Mulan and how that story has developed over the last like 2000 years. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about the controversies that we talked about a little bit earlier. So I didn't know anything about these and maybe that's just because um, they're not super relevant necessarily to, as, I guess not as relevant in our like American culture as it is in Chinese culture right now. Um, but there were a few different issues of like boycotting and, and just controversy while the movie was being filmed and, and during its release. So the first one that I saw was that um, Liu Ifei had reshared an image posted by the People's Daily, which is an official newspaper of the Chinese Communist Party. Um, so she reshared an, an image like on Instagram or something with a quote from a reporter that was like supporting the Hong Kong police. So they're also in China are having very similar issues um, with police brutality as we are in America. So basically a lot of people were accusing her of supporting bully, bleh, supporting police brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that's not like a good way for like a main character to like come on the scene for this movie. So um, there was a lot of like calls to boycott in China because of that. Um, the second one was that so Mulan's love interest, Li Shang, um, was dropped in response to the Me Too movement. I kind of talked about this a little bit before. Um, basically, and they, they said that, oh, they just didn't want to have a love interest that was in a commanding officer role because it was uncomfortable and inappropriate for um, a superior to be in some kind of like romantic interest relationship with um, the like a regular, what do you call her? Like just a warrior, I guess, whatever her position is. Um, But then there was a kind of backlash from the LGBTQ community saying that it was like a good place to discuss that. And we see this a little bit in the movie that Lee Shang like kind of gets close to her he gets close to Mulan when she is like under the like guise of being a male. So a lot of people thought that that would have been a good place to kind of discuss their relationship with her alter ego as like making him bisexual, um, which obviously would have been super modern and progressive, but instead they just decided to drop all of that basically, which I thought was, that's like one of my issues with the movie is that, like, yeah, it was cool that they left out the love interest kind of thing. At least they really didn't, like, elaborate on it hardly at all. Um, there was kind of like, oh, you like, look, see them looking at each other. And you're like, okay, they're, like, making eyes at each other. And then at the end, he's like, oh, I want to see you again. And she's like, maybe. And then she leaves. <laughs> um, bye. <laughs> bye. So, really, like, there's just not a whole lot there to go off of. Like, honestly, like, if I were to imagine what Mulan's life looked like after the war like she would have just like kept on living her life and got matched by the matchmaker and then just like would have done whatever her parents told her to um so really Lee Shang she could have like never come back in the picture so I think it's like cool that they sort of made her a little bit more independent and not like guided at all by like her feelings for this person but also like it was an awkward way to like have them interact and like He was, like, kind of hitting on her sort of subtly, like, when she, like, when he thought she was a man, um, and then they just, like, kind of dropped it, so. Well, yeah, I mean, there is that whole scene where he's, like, have you been matched yet? And he's, like, how hard it is talking to girls, and, like, yeah, that that whole bit was kind of weird, and honestly, like, her, she was very cold to him, like, the entire time, and obviously it was to protect her you know, uh, identity, you know, she didn't want him to catch on at all that she was a woman, but then because, you know, she's not showering with the guys, she's starting to smell. And there's that scene where, where Hong Wee like leans into her and smells her. And she's like, Oh my God, do I smell like a woman? (laughs) And then he tells her like, yeah, you, you reek, you need to go clean yourself. (laughs) So that was kind of weird too. I was like, well, hold up. He think like what man just like leans up to another man is like, Hey man, maybe you should take a bath. Like, I don't, right. that was a little, I can see, I can see where they got that kind of thinking like maybe he, you know, plays for both teams. Maybe. Yeah. I kind of thought that that would have been a good, but also I don't, at least from, and maybe my knowledge about this is wrong, but I, I don't think that that would be um, well liked in the Chinese culture even now. 
Probably not. I'm no. kind of guessing that that's why they dropped that. Um, it's been really interesting, though. Yes. Um, so the third thing was that the filming of a lot of the filming of the movie took place in the province of Xinjiang, um, which is where there are some internment camps currently containing up to a million Uyghur Muslims and ethnically Tur- Turkic citizens. Sorry, I'm just like all over the place. Um, containing up to a million Uyghur Muslims and ethnically Turkic citizens. So that's kind of shitty. Um, yeah, basically, not a good should, look. Yes, yeah, not a good look. Um, basically, a lot of people are just pissed that they were filming in this like very sad province of China of all the places where there's like these internment camps, and then they like obviously don't. I mean, the movie was not really a place to like identify that. Obviously, it doesn't really fit with like the theme of the movie or anything like that. But just kind of like, I like just why? Why did you choose that place of all the places? Well, and then also at the end of the credits, they thank all of these different governments for allowing to shoot there. And that too kind of pissed people off too. And rightfully so. I mean, can you imagine somebody, I would say this is a bit of an extreme comparison, but I saw somebody compared it to like us shooting, you know, a, a children's movie outside of Auschwitz and then thanking Hitler for letting us shoot near one of the camps. Like I, I can see that, but at the same time, it's a... I don't know. And maybe, maybe it's not my place to say whether it's a stretch or not, but um, that's definitely kind of an icky, an icky feeling for sure. Yes. I didn't really like, I mean, all of those controversies surrounding the film, obviously it had a huge, um, I think it said, I can't remember what that statistic was, but it said that like so many people, like 60% or something more downloads of Disney plus since the Mulan release so obviously it's getting like a lot of attention and a lot of people are watching it regardless of the controversies and the boycotting of the film and whatnot but it is I think all of these things were like important to bring um, attention to like the police brutality in China and um, the Me Too movement and how that was like kind of a kind of a struggle for them to deal with and then now the um, Xinjiang internment camp camps um well, all these things i really didn't think about at all so it's cool that they sort of brought white to that i agree and it's just i think too it's amazing that this film came to fruition at all i mean i had no idea it had been in the works for so long before they even started shooting and then they had all these release issues and then the controversies of course i mean this film had everything up against it and yet still was able to I mean, we'll see, you know, we'll see what, you know, as far as, you know, this to what $200 million budget that they had. And I think that was even before advertising or marketing for the film. Um, so, I mean, we'll see what, you know, if it paid off to, to do this, you know, premiere access fee for those of us who paid for it um, and how much money they'll possibly lose or, you know, break even or make a profit who knows well i guess we'll you know time will tell yep i just looked that up and it says um from friday september 4th to sunday september 6th um consumer spending in the disney plus app was spiked 193 percent. so i guess everybody was buying it and wow just the number of downloads for the disney plus app spiked 68 percent in those two days so huge numbers there i'm sure that it's going to do really really well especially um i mean i'm I'm just really curious how long it's going to be available for 30 dollars until it'll go like just to everybody that has disney plus and then if that will result in more people buying disney plus because what is how much is it for your disney plus membership it's like 7.99 or something a month something like that yeah right so really if you just waited a few months and then downloaded the app like there's that so you'd be saving yourself a little bit of money that way I guess but I think that if they continue like if Disney continues to do things like this where they are charging people um to see one like huge movie and you have to download the app then I think that's definitely gonna skyrocket their app sales I I did see you know some early reviews um it seems like as far as critical reviews it's doing fairly well um more mature telling of of the animated story Um, But as far as audience reviews, they are pretty hit and miss. Before Nina and I had seen this, we had heard kind of not so great things about 
this movie. And so I was a little, I was a little nervous, uh, before going into it, but, um, you know, I, if I, if, if we're going to go into our reviews, I would say, um, I would give this maybe a 3.5 out of five. It's not a perfect film by any means. Um, just especially once I found out about some of the controversies, especially where they shot the, the movie kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable, um, after the fact. Um, but if you're taking the movie at face value, it's not the animated film. And if you go in thinking that you're going to be disappointed regardless, because it's just, it's a completely different movie. Bare bones are the same, but everything else is different. Um, as far as the acting and the, the choices for the, the characters, they did a great job. I wish some of these, you know, secondary characters, the supporting characters that we knew in the animated film had bigger had a bigger uh, place in this movie. It really is Mulan's story. There's not really a lot. I mean, of course there's other characters, but it really focuses more on her and her personal journey and even the witch rather than um, the supporting characters. So um, I wish there was a little bit more of them, a little bit more comedic relief because this film is pretty heavy a lot of the time, um, but there are some funny moments throughout, um, but I also found it to be a little cheesy. Like in the beginning, I thought it was kind of cheesy and it was kind of the CGI was a little bit too much for me at certain times, as beautiful as it is. And I, I will say, yeah, the, the score and the music and the cinematography was beautiful. All of that was very well done. Um, definitely worth all of that money that the director spent um, in all of that. Um, but it's just not, it's just not the Mulan that I know. Um, and I feel, in my opinion, that Disney sometimes falls short with these live action remakes. They're just not, they're just not quite, and maybe it's a nostalgia factor. Maybe we want it to be the, the story that we already know, but it, we, it's never going to be. And so we're always going to be a little let down. Um, I would say like the Lion King live action, quote live action, because it's CGI. Um, that version that came out last year was a bit more, it was almost too similar to the animated, just, you know, obviously different visuals. This one is a little bit too, too different from the original. I'd say if, if Disney wants to continue doing these live action remakes, kind of find that happy medium where it has its own little subtle differences, but it still has a lot of what made the original so beloved. Um, taking out a lot of those elements that we really enjoyed about the first one for the second one killed it in a way, but it's still a solid film and it's definitely a more powerful story, I would say, but it's not animated Mulan. So with all that being said, 3.5 out of five. I actually agree with all that. I was going to say 3.5 out of five as well, maybe 3.75 out of five, um, I really liked, I mean, visually it was beautiful. Um, something I thought was really funny is I was watching this with my mother-in-law, which I don't know where she was in the nineties, but she never saw the animated film. And I was staying there with my husband and his really? sister. Yeah. And they were like, mom, where were you? Like we saw it. So they were like, oh, we must've watched it at grandma's house or something. But um, my mother-in-law had never seen it. So she sat there and watched it with us and she really, really liked it. Um, she thought it was excellent. So I'm guessing that a lot of the problems that I have with it maybe are based on just nostalgia and the fact that so many things were changed. Um, and I was talking to my husband about it last night too. And I was just kind of like, I don't know why some of the things that they changed, like just why, like there's an iconic scene in the animated film where Mulan cuts her hair, um, it to, in order to look more like a man and they didn't leave that in i don't i just don't know why um she had to pull her hair out of the ponytail for a dramatic shot later on true true obviously so i think in the animated <laughs> film she cut it to like shoulder length and then she still had a little like bun on her head and then yeah. she let her hair down so i'm like i don't understand why that she couldn't have I don't know, just like little stuff. I'm like, no, nah, you don't understand how important that was for like <laughs> it's, people to see. It's iconic. It is. Um, little things like that just kind of bothered me. Like, why? Or like, she they added a sister. Just like, why? You know. Um, but overall, like, I th I still thought that like the acting was great. Um, I have a lot of like questions about the storyline still. Just like uh, her relationships and the witch and like. 
all of those things just didn't really seem to like add up. Like, I think there was a lot more kind of like you said earlier, there was a lot more like that they could have added to like the story about the witch that would have made their connection like more powerful and more significant in the film. Um, Yeah. When you think about it, it's like, what is their connection? I mean, the witch obviously has more magical abilities I mean, Mulan can't shapeshift or do any of those things that, that the witch does. But yeah, why are they connected in this way? Why are they, I, I, I would, yeah, definitely more there would have been yeah. great. Um, I also thought that, like, normally I don't have a problem with movies that are two hours long. You know, that's pretty standard. But this one felt like it was longer than two hours. Like, I think that, like, in the animated film, we have, like, the I'll make a man out of you and, like, Uh, like that whole scene is like a montage of little scenes of her like trying to climb that flagpole and like falling down or like that pole with the arrow at the top and falling down and like trying to do all these activities and failing and then you know she gets better and better and better and then eventually she's doing great um this whole in this movie like the whole part about them um in the training camp just seems like forever long and then it's like all of a sudden they're like at the scene where the avalanche happens and then they're like trying to go save the emperor and like all of that stuff goes super fast so i just feel like the first half of the movie was pretty slow and then the last half of the movie was super rushed and i just didn't really think that that was a like good way to i don't know divide out the movie i guess i I, it felt like I looked down at my phone and it was only halfway through and I was like, dear God, like I know that there's so much left of this movie because I know what happens and how are they going to finish all the rest of this in the last half of the movie? So um, I just thought the timing was kind of weird. The pace was a little weird. It felt like really long to me. Um, but overall, I still like 3.75. I still thought it was really beautiful. Um, it's just different. It's just different than what I'm used to not a bad thing. Right. Right. Things can be different and still be good on their own merit. Um, that was Mulan guys, the 2020 version of Mulan. If you have seen Mulan, please let us know what you thought in the comments. Um, and as always, if there is anything else that you guys are watching that you think we should give a review, please let us know. But until next week, keep on streaming and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.